This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Statement made Sunday afternoon, December 17th, 2023, as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I, I think sent a pretty clear message right now. They are to be watched. They are to be contended with. And rumors of the demise of the Bucks after six losses in seven games, exaggerated. A lot of football was still left, and the Buccaneers taking advantage of it. And you go up and historically win at historic Lambeau Field, having never won a December game there. Yes, you won the NFC title game there back in January of 2021, but that was January. You go there in the cold and you find a way to beat a team that had to have that game for playoff purposes. And the Bucs were the better team. And so it's a victory Monday and we are in here to talk about playoff possibilities and much more off a very impressive four quarters of a 34 to 20 win over the Green Bay Packers. It is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Thank you for finding us on the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com, wherever you get podcasts. We're here after each and every Buccaneer game in the recap mode. You're going to get full highlights with Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore calling things off Buccaneers radio, 98 Rock, our flagship, all of the affiliates, uh, et cetera. You're going to hear those calls. You're going to hear my post-game interviews as well on the Hooters post-game show with the likes of Baker Mayfield. Chris Godwin, hello. Antoine Winfield, hello. Levante David, hello. And Coach Todd Bowles, who has now guided this team back to the 500 mark late in the year. You want to be winning games in December and January. And the Buccaneers have done just that uh, by winning these last two at Atlanta and at Green Bay to now come home and play the Jacksonville Jaguars on Christmas Eve with a ton riding on that game and the following game at home on New Year's Eve with the New Orleans Saints. More on the playoff picture a little bit later on. But in any event, uh, what a Sunday. And it was was neat to be part of that and the nostalgia and the whole bit. Uh, You talk about uh, gotta have it, and the Buccaneers delivered, again, on both sides of the football. And another thing that I'm going to say, too, besides just statement made, Three words, dangerous football team. The Buccaneers look like a dangerous football team right now, especially if the quarterback is playing at that kind of level, like what Baker Mayfield did yesterday. You're going to do a lot of damage coming up at the end of this season and going into the postseason. I said this a week ago. I say it again here. Get in the playoffs and let's see what happens. Uh, Let me ask you this question. After watching Dallas get demolished yesterday at Buffalo, I know the Detroit Lions did beat the Bucs. The Detroit Lions currently leading the North. They basically all but clinched the North. They are three games clear with three to go. Uh, It isn't official yet, but one more Detroit win, they're going to clinch it. But this Green Bay team that we saw yesterday went in to Detroit on Thanksgiving Day a couple of weeks ago and beat the Lions head up and beat them decisively. And so, I I mean, this is a relative comparison late in the year. To say that the Bucs would not have a puncher's chance with the Lions or with the Cowboys in a playoff game, uh, and I'd love to see another crack at the Philadelphia Eagles who were wounded. At the time that we're taping this podcast, Philadelphia's gone all the way out to Seattle to play Monday night football. Let's see what the Eagles look like off of back-to-back losses to San Francisco and to the Cowboys in Dallas. I love all the Eagle honks trying to to talk tough because they beat the Buccaneers earlier this year on Monday Night Football. I get it. I mean, clearly San Francisco, Philadelphia, Detroit, uh, the likes of Baltimore, Buffalo, who beat the Bucs head-to-head, Kansas City with Mahomes, they, they are the upper echelon. They are the teams you would look at, with the exception maybe of like the Lions and the Cowboys who don't really win playoff games. Uh, well, the Cowboys did win last year over the Buccaneers. Like Haley's comment, that was their first road playoff win in 30 years. Um, but, I mean, the, the Lions haven't won a playoff game a- at all in uh, in 30 years. Um, but, but still, San Francisco, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Kansas City, those are like Super Bowl contending teams. And, and by the way, you look at the Buccaneers' seven losses, who are, who are they to? San Francisco... Detroit, Buffalo, uh, I mean, again, uh, Philadelphia, these are the contending teams. But as I said a week ago, 
give this team an opportunity at home, head up with somebody in a one-game scenario, anybody can beat anybody in this league. We keep saying it over and over, with the exception probably of the 49ers, who just continue to thump everybody they're playing. But they're a Brock Purdy injury away from being leveled as well. He was rolling around on the ground in the first half in Arizona, and I'm sure their heart was in their throat on if that guy doesn't get up. I know you've got Sam Darnold, but Sam Darnold is not Brock Purdy. It could change things greatly in San Francisco. But with McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Kittle and Fred Warner and uh, and uh, Nick Bosa and the guys that they have in uh, in San Francisco, they're loaded. But you know what? The Buccaneers hung in in San Francisco, and that that showed something, even though they didn't win the game. And uh, and really, you look at at how this team has played throughout this year. They haven't been decisively, you know, brutally blown out by anybody, and now they have won four games on the road against Minnesota playoff team. Right now, at seven and seven, they're in the playoff picture. Road win at New Orleans, seven and seven, and in the playoff picture. Road win last week at 6-6 at the time, Atlanta, who needed the game in the playoff picture. I know that the the Falcons have subsequently lost laughably to Carolina in the rain and the slop in Charlotte. But the Falcons absolutely needed that game last week, and the Buccaneers beat them head up on the road. The Packers 1,000% needed that game in the NFC playoff hunt hunt to stay 7-7. They were 6-7 going in. Uh, to stay seven and seven and in the playoff hunt. And the the Buccaneers deny them by winning the game yesterday on the road. That's wins at Minnesota, at New Orleans, at Atlanta, and at Green Bay. Impressive uh, here from this team, which again, let's not let history be revised. Two points. The first one was most of the pundits everywhere believed that this Buccaneer team was going to be like a three-win team. And it was rubber stamped that Todd Bowles is fired. Baker Mayfield's not the answer. Get rid of everybody. The whole bit. And then the team starts three and one, and everybody starts doing the mea culpas all over the NFL. Please forgive us. Please forgive us. You're better than what we thought. We understood this. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously know a lot about the Buccaneers, care a lot about the Buccaneers. We understood this, that there was going to be a great chance for this team to do some damage this season with the stars that are on it if they get some good quarterback play. Let me ask you this. Have the quarterback play look Sunday, late in the year, with Baker Mayfield? And in particular, on third down and taking care of the ball. I know we're going to play in the highlights the sack fumble early, but for the next three and a half quarters, he made the right decisions. He took care of the ball. You move the offense. They butchered the Green Bay defense. There is no doubt. Uh, so tremendous stuff from this Buccaneer team late in the year. Now, after a lot of people wrote them off, I mean, losing again to the likes of Philadelphia and Detroit and Buffalo and San Francisco makes everybody go, oh, the Bucs must not be any good. Those two teams combined record unofficially, those four teams, again, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Buffalo, Detroit, their unofficial combined record is 127 and four. I just made that up on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Those are all Super Bowl contending teams. So the fact that you didn't stack up and you didn't beat you know, two of them on the road doesn't mean that your season is over. And clearly now the Buccaneers have put themselves in position to win an eighth game, to win a ninth game, be a playoff team, if not be the South champions and host a playoff game. They deserve it. They deserve it with the way that they've played. All right, so let's get into it with the highlights and what happened at Lambeau Field on uh, on Sunday afternoon as the Bucks secure a huge win. Uh, again, we got a break with the weather. We saw this all all off season and leading up to this year. What would the weather be on December seventeenth? Would it be in the teens? Would it be even worse than that with the wind chill? Would there be snow? I got to tell you, it was cold, cold by Tampa Bay standards, by Florida standards, but it was not freezing cold, not below the freezing temperature. You could tolerate it out there. The field a little slick because of the winter rye grass, and it had rained some on the weekend. They did have the field covered before the game. I put the social media uh, video up of walking out of the tunnel to Lambeau, and you could see the field covered a couple of hours before the game. I put that up on, uh, on both Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, and you went into this game catching a bit of a break with the weather. And by the way, there were a lot of Buccaneer fans. 
I would say by the hundreds that were all over Lambeau Field with their Buccaneer jerseys. A lot of them had the throwback orange on, et cetera. And uh, what would happen in this game? All right, so the Bucs got the uh, football first after the Packers won the toss. Immediately, Baker Mayfield started finding who? Chris Godwin. And one thing I will say uh, of, of this, Baker has been uh, guilty the last two, three ball games, Indianapolis, Carolina at home, and Atlanta of not hitting the open receivers, not seeing them, not hitting them with good passes. For the most part in this game, if you were open, the ball's right there. Decisive, well-thrown passes, brilliant play. Play that we've not seen the last three weeks out of number six. He is playing like a playoff-caliber quarterback plays. A guy that won in Cleveland, won a playoff game in Cleveland, and knows what it takes to win in December. I'm riding with Baker Mayfield with how he threw that ball on the opening drive and throughout this game. So you move into scoring range, but you're not able to get the touchdown. The Bucs still without a touchdown in 14 games on the opening drive. They've, they've moved inside the red zone. They've been in, even in Indianapolis on the one-yard line and didn't get a touchdown in that game. Still, you want points. You got points here as we go to the highlights as Mean Gene called it off the opening drive of the game. The spot will be at the 29, a 39-yard field goal. His kick has gotten away, and it is right down Lombardi Boulevard. It is good. And the Buccaneers score on the first possession of the game. 3-0. And McLaughlin would be a big deal as all of this would unfold uh, coming up at the end of the first half and money kicks and the whole bit. All right, so a 3-0 lead. You wanted seven. You got three. And early on, the Packers began to move the football. Aaron Jones had a couple of big handoff carries. Buccaneer defense kind of buckled a little bit. K.J. Brett in there playing in the middle now for Devin White. Vita Vea was back, but the front seven was getting pushed back a little bit. The Packers making a move, but then two great plays. Back-to-back, second and goal, short yardage. Great tackle by Levante David. Third and goal, short yardage. Aaron Jones trying to run. Great tackle by Christian Izian and others, the defensive back. So now it is a fourth down play where the Packers immediately are saying, hey, winner's mentality, we got to win this game. They're going on fourth down in the first quarter, fourth and goal. Takes the snap, chest high, looks to the left side, fade route thrown, and it's overthrown. Incomplete pass. And the Buccaneers hold on fourth down and one and a half. Jaden Reed was the intended receiver. A fade route to the near sideline corner, the Green Bay side of the field. And Jordan Love just led him too far. They hurried Jordan Love, the quarterback, as Gene called it there. He made the errant pass. By the way, they were trying to pick play, which Green Bay ran about six or seven times in that game, four or five times successfully on let's run right, right at a Buccaneer body and make contact with him and free up. Uh, the receiver. Uh, there it did not work, and the Bucks get the stop, so the Packers get zero points in that instance. However, this is one of the few mistakes that we had out of the Bucks, a glaring mistake, and this is early first quarter. Immediately after that, Baker Mayfield here back to pass, and the Pack makes a play. How about a shotgun look? Rashad White on the left tip of Baker Mayfield. Good high snap. Dropping to throw, Baker Mayfield looks up field, looks up field, he throws the ball, fumble, fumble the football, it's loose. Have the Buccaneers recovered, no. Packers have the football. Mayfield is sacked. Kingsley Ngabari makes the fumble recovery. Fumble recovered by the defense. Green Bay's ball, first down. Baker stripped from behind, Green Bay falls on the ball, and uh, that, that's a situation where, again, the internal clock there's got to go 1-1,000, 2-1,000, somebody's not open, then step up and or take off and get out of there, especially back by your own goal line. Nonetheless, credit the Packers. They made the play, they got on the fumble, and it did not take long on the quick momentum change for them to reverse their fortunes psychologically and get in the end zone. Aaron Jones, the running back, shotgun look, Jordan Love, takes the snap, belt high, drops, looks, dumps the ball off, and it's a caught ball at the 5-3-2-1, touchdown, Green Bay Packers, tight end, Tucker Kraft. Tight end Tucker Kraft gets the TD there, and Green Bay now in the lead at this stage at 7-3. But from there on, folks, the Bucks controlled this game. Buccaneers put drives together, got defensive stops when they had to have it. Uh, give credit where it's due. So as the first quarter ended and you get into the second quarter, we saw Rashad White run the ball well early on for eight yards, for five yards on this drive. Mayfield hit Mike Evans with a 14-yarder. Mayfield to Godwin with a 25-yarder. And eventually moving into the red zone here 
for a third down and six play. Here's the way that Gene called it. Third down, six. Dropping Mayfield, looking Mayfield, throws toward the end zone. Receiver, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans, and a great throw by Baker Mayfield. Bucks take the lead at 9-7. 92nd touchdown reception of Mike Evans' career, which ties him for 12th on the all-time list. It surpasses Rob Gronkowski, by the way, who he had been tied with. And Evans having a Pro Bowl year. Uh, you got to give Mike a lot of credit. Did, only had the one catch in Atlanta last week. Didn't put his head down. Just, hey, next game, let's go. First half, uh, Baker Mayfield's finding him with passes, finding Godwin with passes. 75-yard drive, seven plays. Famo, you're back in the lead. Dare we say, in the lead for the remainder of this one. I know the Packers tied it up with a field goal. But then the, uh, then the Buccaneers began to play the field position game, uh, et cetera, including... Uh, this guy who's been a weapon, it is rare on nothing but bucks that we go to a punter highlight, but Jake Camarda, you deserve it. Here you go. Camarda stands around the Buccaneer 16-yard line, gets a good snap from Trenner and puts it high in the air. Booming punt, backpedaling, Nick all the way back to the five-yard line, it bounces at the five, rolls dead at the four-yard line. How about that punt by Jake Camarda? That's a weapon. 65-yard punt checked up beautifully inside the five-yard line to pin the Packers back and give credit where it's due. Here, the Buccaneers special teams, Camarda punting it, the kickoffs that are never returned seemingly uh, out of the end zone over and over and over again. Chase McLaughlin with the with the field goals, the bomb field goals, which we're going to hear again here in a second. The hidden yardage and the success in the third phase, special teams. Keith Armstrong, the special teams coordinator, and his guys have been tremendous uh, so far this season in coverage. Devin Tompkins on returns. I mean, the Bucks, as a special teams unit, the Bucks are without a doubt one of the top ten, if not, let's say, one of the top six or seven special teams in the NFL all the way around with what they do, especially with this guy. So late in the first half, you're able to get a long completion. We don't have the highlight to Chris Godwin. And that puts you in position here to try this field goal to retake the lead right at the end of the half. Carmada the holder, the spot is down, the kick is airborne. It is long enough, it is long enough, and it is good. Trey Blake's crew a little slow getting those arms up there. The you field goal. by the crowd behind that he made it. There's nobody cheering back there. The field goal gives Tampa Bay a 13-10 lead with 10 seconds left in the second quarter. Again, you've got no shot at that field goal if Godwin doesn't get the big 20-plus yard gain to get you into field goal range. And McLaughlin, again, has been money over and over again. 46-yarder there. You go to the locker room, and the game at this stage is 13-10. to 10. I talked with Coach Todd Bowles going to the locker room. We're actually coming back out of the Lambeau Field locker room and said, hey, defensively, what needs to continue? He said, we got to do a better job tackling and obviously get off the field on third down. That would be foreshadowing on the key to the game on being able to get the stops on third down and force the Packers into either a punt or, a, or settling for three, that would be big. And offensively, just keep converting with Baker Mayfield through the air. We would have more of that as the game would unfold. So Green Bay goes three and out on their opening drive of the first half. So Buccaneers get the football back and immediately go on a march out of the locker room. Didn't get the touchdown on the opening drive of the game, but you get the touchdown after the halftime adjustments here. Who else in the short pass game but Rashad White? It is second down and five. Bucks at the Green Bay 25-yard line. In motion, Tompkins, they walk one way. Drop, drop the shoulder, caught ball. Five, Rashad White inside the five. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Rashad White for the second game in a row has taken a pass and scored for the Buccaneers. And Tampa, Tampa Bay leads 19-10 on that touchdown throw from Bayfield to Rashad White. Eight plays, 66 yards. White cashes in with a third receiving touchdown uh, here uh, in in the last three games. Give him credit. Uh, Rashad has shown over and over again the ability uh, to make guys miss. How about him absolutely undressing the Green Bay Packer, the ankle breaker on Rudy Ford, the safety at the five-yard line. Which way did he go? Which way did who go? Like Top Gun. Uh, Rashad White, uh, just uh, tremendous after the catch. Get him in space. And what what went well 
there with a back-to-back plays to Chris Godwin. We didn't have this in the highlights here on Nothing But Bucks. But Godwin caught a screen pass on a third and 12. Excellent blocking to the left. I like, like a run play. Get him in space. Tough runner. Dave Canales, the play caller, then goes right back to a screen to Trey Palmer to the left with blockers in front of him for five yards. And then that set up the touchdown play where Devin Tompkins acted like he was coming in motion right to left, spun around like they're going to throw him a screen pass, and it froze like three Green Bay defenders. When Baker stopped, looked at Tompkins like it was a screen, they're going, oh, crap, it's a screen again to the right after the last two plays were to the left. No. Rashad White is going up the seam, and good night. 26 yards in the end zone, eight plays, 66 yards. The game is not over at that point, but that was monstrous to come out of the locker room and get a touchdown and go up 20-10 to 10 with what they were able to do. So the Packers are able to respond. This was going to be a wild game, it looked like, with uh, scoring back and forth. Green Bay goes 11 plays, 75 yards. They convert a third down earlier. Uh, on third and eight in this drive. This is now third and 14 after the Bucks got a couple of stops and a tremendous play by Jordan Love and Jalen Reed, the rookie receiver right here. In the backfield, Patrick Taylor. Now he shifts in motion, there's direct snap to the quarterback and Love under some heat, under some heat. He's flushed out of the pocket. He's got to run, goes toward the end zone. Is it caught ball in the end zone? It is out of bounds. Oh, touchdown. touchdown, touchdown, yeah. That was a dime thrown by Love right in front of me. I was on about the 15-yard line watching that ball zing by me on the on the Bucks sideline, and Reed, it looked like Live, clearly got the two feet down on the catch. Replay confirmed it. Packers right back in the game at 20-17. to 17. And I got to say this, the Pack crowd was in there. Now they're loud in the third quarter, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. You want to be a playoff team, you're going to have to face the adversity. You're going to have to find a way. And that's exactly what the Buccaneers were able to do. Uh, from here on out. They're able to move the ball over and over again and get points. So you get the ball back after the Packers scoring drive, and Mayfield again on a second and 18 hits Chris Godwin over the middle. Godwin able to break a tackle and do the rest. You then have a, uh, a third and eight, and this was right in front of me, right in front of me where Mike Evans is interfered with. Uh, clearly... Uh, Ballantine, the defender, body blocked him about eight or nine yards down the field to stop him from going. So that's a first down. And then right after that, uh, Baker Mayfield is able to complete this plat pass to set the Buccaneers up on this drive late in the third. He gets up to the center, now picks the leg, wants to snap a little low, looks to his left, looks for, throws a C rep, caught ball at the five, three, two, one yard line. Cade Otten with a huge catch, diving, diving to make that play, and the Bucs are knocking on the Green Bay door, a yard away from Pater. Tremendous read, that's about the second or third option to Cade Otten. Otten comes free, gets all the way down to the one yard line, over and over again. Mayfield makes the right decision, sees the open receiver, and delivers the football. And immediately after that, here we go with uh, the Buccaneers cashing in on a second and goal as Gene and Dave call it. That co-keeper there is a blocking back. Play action fake, going toward the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Touchdown Buccaneers, it's Co'Keefe's first catch of the season. It's a touchdown for Cole. Three touchdown passes to three different receivers at this stage. Co'Keefe's first catch of the year is a touchdown at Lambeau in a huge game in December. Good for him, a guy that doesn't get much of a chance to get the ball thrown to him, mainly in there to block. But sometimes, again, this is Dave Canales as the play caller maturing as the year goes on, and it's a long season, folks. You can't put Co'Keefe in the game every time and only run the ball. You got, And you can't have him in the game all the time and not throw it to him. Sometimes he's going to be open because nobody's expecting it. And there it was out of the backfield. Nobody went with him, and Keefe made a great athletic play. Go right across the pylon, kept that football good for him, and you're back, more importantly, to a 10-point lead late in the third quarter at 27-17. All right, let's go to the fourth quarter, the money quarter, the time to win, the time to be in the playoffs. Give credit where it's due because, again, the Packers put a drive together. I, I thought, you know, this may be last team with the ball wins the game. The Packers get Jordan Love. Uh, to Wicks on another 19-yard pass. They then uh, end up getting another pass uh, to uh, to Wicks, two of them, 20 yards, 19 yards. They then move into scoring range, but Jordan Love 
uh, throws short to Aaron Jones, and he's tackled by Levante David and Christian Izzy. And again, those guys were everywhere. You're going to hear from Levante coming up. Then Love throws incomplete while being pressured. Levante David again there on the tight end to break it up. So that leads to a Packer field goal, important because it keeps the Bucks in front by a touchdown here at 27-20. And this is the killer moment where Green Bay's trying to get back in the game. The Buccaneers immediately get something going. Rashad White gets six yards once again. Mayfield to Godwin for 11 yards. We don't have a highlight of Chris here on Nothing But Bucks, but a catch after catch on third down, on second and long, play after play. You're running the clock now. Now there's seven minutes left. Now there's uh, uh, eight minutes left. Now there's seven minutes left. And finally, it would lead to what turns out to be the clinching kill shot touchdown right here from Baker Mayfield. Third down and three, a long three. Shotgun look, low snap, pass by Baker Mayfield. Caught ball, and a first down. It's floor to the 40, inside the 35 to the 30, over the 25 to the 20, more to the 10, to the 5. David Moore has scored a touchdown Tampa Bay on third down and three. David Moore on the active roster, former receiver in Seattle and a couple of other places, has been on and off the Buccaneer roster this year uh, with the practice squad. So they have him on the active roster now. And what a moment to weave through traffic, take off, and go 52 yards. I know they reviewed the Packer defender trying to swat the ball out of his hand. But again, the, the swat comes as the ball is already across the goal line. Uh, there, there are three different replays that show, yes, he's holding the ball out, but it's across the goal line before it's swatted out of his hand. So the Packer fans were cheering wildly when the, when the replay review was going on for the touchdown, and then they were devastated to find out that uh, it is a touchdown and a 34-20 lead. Every time the Buccaneers needed an answer, they got the answer on Sunday at Lambeau with the season hanging in the balance here to win these road games at Atlanta and at Green Bay. And the Bucs made play after play in Atlanta to win the game and play after play Sunday. One last chance for Green Bay trying to make something happen down by two touchdowns. They did get a couple of first downs. The Buccaneers letting the clock run. It runs inside of five minutes. It runs inside of uh, four and a half minutes. And finally here they stop Green Bay uh, as Love takes a shot down the field. It's incomplete. Ball could have actually maybe been intercepted by Jamel Dean. Now it's a fourth and ten do or die moment. And the Buccaneer defense rises one more time as Gene and Dave called it. The snap a good one. He's going to run a stun inside. Pressure coming. Pressure coming. And Love is going to be attacked. He fumbles the ball. It's scooped up by the Bucks at the 49-yard line. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Levante David gets the sack. And I think Logan Hall recovers. And the Buccaneers have stopped Green Bay here in the fourth quarter with a 34-20 lead. What hustle. Levante David and Shaq Barrett relentless. They're both credited with half a sack. Barrett knocked the ball out of Love's hands. Logan Hall fell on it, as you heard Gene call it. It was a wild uh, scramble for the for the sack fumble and then the recovery by Logan Hall. But what a performance uh, in the second half for the Buccaneer defense. I mean, yes, they gave up 10 points, but they stopped Green Bay over and over again when they had to from getting touchdowns late in this game. That sealed it once and for all. Buccaneers now trying to run the clock out in the four-minute offense. And why not run the clock out by handing it off here to Rashad White. Attitude at the end of this game. Hand the ball off Rashad White. Oh, he breaks the tackle. He's got the first down. First down, Tampa Bay. Great effort by Rashad White. Rashad gets the first down there. He later breaks through the middle again for a 22-yard run just like uh, against Carolina late in the game, but he lays down on the field. Smart thing to do. Just kneel on the ball and in the game. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into Lambeau Field and punch the Green Bay Packers right in the snout and beat them in December and get the win 34-20 to to set themselves up for what's going to happen now that we're going to go over in uh, in the next couple of weeks at home. Great victory. Great victory. Great victory. Not just good victory, great victory late in the year. You want to be a playoff team? You win a game like that against another team that wants to be a playoff team playing at home. Elements were against you. Loud crowd against you. Doesn't matter. Buccaneers 30, 
four, Packers 20. All right, so when it was done, we went inside the locker room on Buccaneers Radio to our Hooters postgame show. You're going to hear the conversations now with Baker Mayfield and Chris Godwin. What a tandem they were. Let's go back and relive the happy locker room at Lambeau Field. I will say this. This might have been the best all-around four-quarter performance all year. What do you say? I, I do. I agree. Um, just all the way around. You know, we had a we had a plan uh, to come in and run the ball, but, you know, the passing game presented itself, and so uh, we, we just took advantage of it. So for me, just continuing to do what was there, take what's there, and our guys did exactly what they needed to do. Everybody executed complimentary football. We took advantage of some things. Um, but that's, that's how you have to play on the road in December, and so I'm so proud of this group. It was not everything, but how much did you soften them up in the first half going to Chris Godwin over and over again to open other things up throughout the game? That's crucial. You know, uh, we, we did some different things formationally to open Chris up a little bit, um, and it just, you know, we took advantage of it. And that's that's honestly what opened up uh, Mike's touchdown there in the first quarter. And, and so, um, yeah, everybody did their part. And so Chris played a huge part today. He played awesome. Two huge plays that will be scrutinized. The goal line touchdown to Co'Keefe. That's his first catch of the season, and it's a touchdown. Describe the play and his effort to get in. Yeah, um, just, you know, pretty – Pretty basic concept. Everybody in the league runs it, but just a, a fake run play. Have the fullback bluff block and go to the flat. And uh, yeah, he's open enough to put the ball on him, and he just lowers his shoulder and gets in there. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm proud of that guy uh, for sure. Another guy to be proud of is David Moore on the active roster. You get the ball to him, he gets in space and does the rest. I mean, that is a kill shot in that moment to go up by two touchdowns, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a crucial catch, first of all. Had a defender that waved his hand in front of the ball. It's first to be able to catch the ball in a distraction drill type scenario. Then to have the wherewithal to turn around and go upfield uh, and make a touchdown. Obviously, I didn't see the uh, how close it was in the end. Right. It's, it's better to learn on a touchdown than a touchback, that's for sure. Okay, and one more. For this team, it's not everything, but to go on the road and beat Atlanta and then come up here and win this game, what does it say for the stretch run now for the confidence of this team? Uh, we're locked in. We've had the playoff mentality mindset that we've been talking about over and over, but this is the, you know, on the road, this is a cr critical time for us to come out and really uh, put it to the test. And so uh, you just got to keep building. Same mentality next week. This week won't matter unless we take care of business next week. So enjoy this one, then take care of business. Took care of it today. First ever Buccaneer win in December, ever in December. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. There is Baker Mayfield, who had his second 300-yard game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer today. And a big target was Chris Godwin, who stands here with a 100-yard receiving day. Uh, let's talk about the team first. Full four quarters. Tell me about how and why this got done today at Lambeau. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that was a great point by you. It was a, a full-team victory. Um, throughout the entire game, we had guys competing. We had guys stepping up, making plays when we needed to make them. Um, I think, you know, we understand where we're at uh, in our season. You know, we're, we're fighting for our playoff lives. Um, and I think it showed today. Everybody had, had, uh, had a lot of grit. In the first half of this game, you were open over and over again, making play after play. How much, as I just asked Baker, did that help the rest of the offense to open up because you were having the success you were having in the first two quarters? Yeah, I think anytime uh, you, you have guys that are like open down the field and connecting, I think it really helps the offense, helps the flow of the offense, helps us move the chains, and I think it just provides opportunities for uh, everyone else to make their plays. Um, so I'm glad that, that that was able to be me today. But again, it's a, it's a full-team effort. There are a lot of veteran players that were here when this team won at Lambeau. What was the confidence level? It's easy to say now, and now to deliver on it the way that you guys played today. Yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're always confident coming into the games. And like I said, like we, we're at a point where we're fighting for our playoff lives. So, you know, regardless of the environment that we go into, we know that we got to stick together and we got to fight. And, uh, you know, I can't think of a better place to do it than, you know, coming to a historic place like Lambeau Field. You know, it was a packed crowd. They were loud. They were doing their thing. Um, and they get a tough road victory. You have done this, uh, again, at the championship level. Does this, I mean, right now, does this feel like the confidence level of a playoff caliber team and a dangerous team with two back-to-back -back wins at Atlanta and Green Bay who are in the playoff fight as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think I think we're, we're starting to trend in the right direction. Uh, now we just got to keep it going, man. We got we to gotta keep putting the work in and keep uh, stacking on the success that we've been having recently. You're hearing from a quarterback there that just played a perfect game according to the stats. I, I again submit, we heard this about Brock Purdy having a perfect quarterback rating against the Bucs earlier this year. Baker did have six incompletions. I know I went to public school, but if you have six incompletions, I mean, he's 22 of 28, 381 yards, tremendous, four touchdowns. But if you have six incompletions, how is that perfect? I said that about Purdy earlier in the year. I'm, I'm going to be consistent. How is it a perfect quarterback rating 
It could be almost perfect. But look, Mayfield will take it. It is the first time ever that a quarterback's had a perfect quarterback rating as the visitor at Lambeau Field. That's hard to believe. Not Tom Brady recently, not Drew Brees, not Peyton Manning, not Kurt Warner. Go down the list of any of them. Roethlisberger playing in there. Uh, Eli Manning, go back in the in the way back. What about uh, Dan Marino playing in there? Troy, uh, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Joe Montana. N- none of them ever had a perfect quarterback rating playing at Lambeau. As crazy as that would sound, it has not happened before. But Mayfield did it. He only he becomes only the third quarterback in the history of the NFL to have a perfect rating, 375 or more yards and four or more touchdowns. And no, the other guys are not Brady, Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Dan Marino. The other, the other two quarterbacks are Nick Foles and Ken O'Brien, since they've been keeping the quarterback rating stat. Perfect QB rating, 375 or more in the air, and four touchdowns in a game. Baker will take it. Baker playing his butt off uh, on Sunday uh, for sure. And the Buccaneers get that win. As for Chris Godwin, season high uh, for him. A lot's being made on the receptions. Ten of them, 12 targets, 10 receptions, 145 or 155 yards in the game. And one clutch catch on third down after another. Like three of them were key third downs. That's second and long, also second and like 29 late in the first half. Godwin over and over again making plays. Mike Evans also four catches, 57 yards. Uh, in the game, Buccaneers ended up having seven, actually eight different, no, seven different receivers catch passes, four different ones catch touchdowns and get the win. All right, let's give some love now to the defense. Antoine Winfield Jr. We didn't have him in the highlights, but he came up in the run game with a couple of stops, uh, helping with a couple of pass breakups, led the Buccaneers in tackles on Sunday with 10 he and Levante David were tremendous. Christian Izzy and another guy with six tackles and a tackle for loss. Let's go back to our Hooters postgame show and the interviews after the game with Antoine Winfield and Levante David as they uh, they obviously were key parts of this win, especially in the second half. Complete victory is how I would sum this one up. How would you sum up coming up here and getting this win in this situation in late December? Yeah, huge win. You know, it's always huge when you come to – Lambeau and play, uh, especially during this time of the year. So it was a huge win. Uh, I feel like we did well on both sides of the ball, and we just put it together today. The uh, the offense certainly staked you guys with touchdowns. What was the mentality, especially in the second half? You begin with a three and out to stop them, and for the most part, you contained them. What was the mentality as the game wore on? Yeah, as a game, we, we knew uh, to come out fast. And so coming on halftime, we knew they got the ball. We knew getting a three and out would be huge in that situation. And um, we just, offense did a great job of executing and making plays and scoring the ball. And um, it, it was really great. Uh, they did a great job for us. Uh, Levante David, back in this lineup the last two weeks, can you say enough as a 12-year veteran, he's all over the place making yeah. field, making plays all over the field on this defense, Antoine? Yeah, another legend, another future Hall of Famer in my opinion. Um, you know, he's smart. Uh, he knows everything. It's fun being able to go out there and, and just communicate and hear him and see him flying around. So I'm going to share a couple of things with you. Tell me if you like this. Firmly in the NFC playoff picture now as a wild card team. Still in a tie uh, right now with New Orleans. And actually, you have the tiebreaker on the New Orleans for the division. First ever win in December in Lambeau in franchise history. How does all of that sound? That's awesome. You know, I didn't know that was a thing. But, you know, it's awesome whenever you can get a win. It's, yeah, that's special right there. Antoine, thank you. No problem. Again, this Buccaneer defense made enough of the plays. Uh, out there today. We're going to keep it right here on our Hooters postgame show. Slide over to Levante David, who stands here uh, immediately after it is done. A double-digit tackle day. I know uh, personal stats are, are one thing, but victories are what it is all about for sure. And this team came up here and got it. How and why did you guys put four quarters together like this, Levante? Oh, man, just staying the course of the game. You know, understanding that, you know, the game stuff is going to happen throughout the game, but we just got to Put a full four quarters in, you know, just stay the course and stay focused and understand how to execute throughout all four quarters. What, if anything, were you saying as a leader or anybody else, especially second half and fourth quarter, with the opportunity to put this game away defensively, Levante? Yeah, I mean, well, they had a drive where they just made more plays than us and, uh, you know, just came, brought everybody together saying, like, hey, you know, that drive, you know, we gave them everything they got. They made more plays than us, so we better than that. We got to make our own plays now. And uh, we just stayed the, stayed the course and uh, was able to get off the field. Huge moment. They're trying to come back down two touchdowns. You and Shaq Barrett sandwiched 
Um, Jordan Love. I don't know who's going to get credit for the for the fumble caused. One or both of you. Logan Hall falls on it. Describe the play. Oh man, you know, uh, good call, good change up call by Coach Bowles. We was in coverage sometimes, and we were blitz sometimes. But uh, this one, we ended up doing the pressure, and uh, it was just a pressure that you know we were able to you know just read and uh, make my own you know decisions through it. And uh, you know I was able to read out and come around free. And uh, we got to the quarterback. You know, somebody needed to make a play in that instance, force the team. You know, and we was able to get the ball back to our offense and seal the game. As a veteran that's won a Super Bowl and you had to beat the Packers to do it, I mean, this isn't everything, but these are two huge wins in Atlanta and Green Bay to set up the end of the year, right? Right, right, yeah. Huge wins, huge division wins. You know, uh, Green Bay is an NFC team. And uh, obviously, um, Atlanta is a, you know, a team in our, uh, in our division. So, um, um, you know, huge win, man. We just got to stay the course, you know, take it for what it is. Time and again, the Buccaneer defense stuffing the Green Bay Packers when they had to. Yes, the Packers got a touchdown in the second half, but they also were stopped twice on punts, stopped again with a field goal instead of a touchdown and a bend-but-don't-break situation, and then the fourth down play that David and Shaq Barrett made, exclamation point on the win. Levante, by the way, now congratulations. That is 10 of his 12 seasons. He's had at least 100 tackles in them. Uh, and Levante even missed a couple of games here recently. What a leader. What a leader. What a phenomenal football player. Uh, and that, let's stay on our Hooters postgame show and hear from Coach Todd Bowles and what he had to say, not only about Mayfield's play, David's play, the key win, and uh, and everything else that goes into it as we talk to the happy head coach in the Lambeau locker room. Game away in the second half. Great team win, you know, starting the second half, defense came out with a stop. Offense, I don't think they could be stopped going up and down the field scoring. Uh, defense gave them a play, but we made plays at the end, got a sack at the end to win the ball game. We ran it very well in four-minute offense to put the game away. That was probably the biggest part of it, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, Baker Mayfield has uh, his second-ever 300-yard game with the Buccaneers, four touchdowns to four different receivers. Assess what you saw, especially after an early turnover, what you saw out of his composure and the throws and the touchdowns. That was the one blip on the radar screen for him after that. He got the other guys involved. Mike and Chris got going, which opens things up for everybody else. Rashard got into the act. Moore got into the act. It's great to see us score with different receivers other than 13 and 14. Let's go back to the David Moore play. Uh, I mean, it is a tremendous play, uh, catch and run. As Baker said to us, the defender almost got a hand on the ball. He makes the catch. He gets the first down. He gets all the way to the end zone. That puts you back up by two touchdowns. Say some more about the significance of that. Veteran move by Dave. He's very reliable. Thank goodness he got across the goal line before he dropped that ball. That won't happen again, but it was a big play by Baker. It was a bigger play by Moore to run and get the touchdown for us. We needed every bit of it. Um, big plays by everybody over there today. I keep asking you about Levante David. How can we not? Ten more tackles. Big sack at the end. He and Shaq Barrett stripping the ball out. Logan Hall recovered it. Can you say enough about Levante David leading your defense late in the year? Unbelievable, unbelievable leader, unbelievable player, unbelievable person. Wouldn't want to be winning this game thing without him. Uh, it's not everything, but your team just went to Atlanta in a must-win type divisional situation and won on a row. Now you come to Lambeau with them hungry, with them hurting. They're in the playoff picture, and you beat them. What does it say for the stretch run, two huge road wins, Coach? It means something to everybody. We're locked in right now. Everybody understand what's at stake. Uh, we're taking it one by one, one game at a time, and we're trying to get this thing done so we can get in there. Now you get ready to play Jacksonville coming up at home. I know you want them loud and proud on Christmas Eve. Let's get some early Christmas magic going, holiday spirit going, because it's all it's all in front of you now. Need the loudest Bucks crowd ever coming to this game. We're going to need every bit of you guys to beat Jacksonville. Love it. Coach, thank you. Appreciate it. 34-20. Buccaneers get the victory. Enormous. It's not everything. I kept saying that to the players in the interviews. You heard that. This is not everything that you won in Atlanta and Green Bay. But, folks, most people around the NFL saw the Buccaneers lose six out of seven and basically wrote this situation off. Now you've won these two road games. And, by the way, it's the back half of playing four road games out of five late in the year. And you win the last two. And you really shoulda, coulda, woulda. You had a chance to win the Indianapolis game. Late in the game, you had a chance to get a touchdown, maybe get the ball back and score and win. One more score would have probably won that game. You didn't. But you win the last two road games of the four of five on the road at Atlanta and then in the elements at Green Bay. And one other thing that I just got to stick in as a dig, because, I mean, the Packers used to come 
and throttle the Buccaneers in the 80s and the 90s all the time, bad Buccaneer football, etc. Enough with the Lambeau mystique. Oh, Packers are never going to lose when it's cold and when it's all on the line. The Buccaneers went and won the NFC Championship game in Green Bay. I know it was limited fans, but it was cold. Green Bay's at home. Brady and the Bucs win the title game, win the Super Bowl. The next year, the Packers are at home. They have home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. They're the number one seed. They lose with the snow and ice uh, in and around Lambeau Field against San Francisco. They lost in that January playoff game for the second year in a row. They lose at home. Then last year, everything to play for, week 18, final game of the season. They're, they're playing Sunday night football with the Lions. They win. They're in the playoffs. The Lions beat them at Lambeau on a freezing cold night. And now the Buccaneers come in there in December again and win again. So let's see. That's one, two, three, four examples in the last four football seasons of this whole mystique and the cold weather of Lambeau out the window, and it's twice by the Buccaneers uh, to go and get those wins. So, uh, you know, some of this stuff over time, yes, with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for a lot of years, for the better part of about 25 seasons, they would win a ton of games late in the year and in the playoffs. Not so much right now. Not looking that way right now. Props to this Buccaneer team, and it does set up an enormous game with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were losers again. Three straight losses now for them. They lose on Sunday night to the Baltimore Ravens at home. Trevor Lawrence, their star quarterback, already uh, battling a bad ankle. Concussion for him. He's in concussion protocol. So he is questionable right now as we release the podcast. Can he clear protocol and play in the game this week? If not, their backup is C.J. Beathard, a veteran uh, backup that's been a couple of places, including San Francisco. The uh, the Jaguars, who were 8-2, and two, have now lost three straight, losing to Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, losing at Cleveland, and now losing to Baltimore. The, NF, the AFC North, not good to the Jaguars, uh, for sure. And now we renew hostilities with a cross-state team here in Jacksonville uh, that the Buccaneers have had some recent success with, beating them in Jacksonville back four years ago. In the 2019 campaign, also beating them in a wild uh, score fest shootout, Jameis Winston over Blake Bortles. Remember him at quarterback? So you've had some success in the regular season against the Jaguars recently. And now Jacksonville comes in at 8-6, and six, the Buccaneers at 7-7. Seven and seven, Christmas Eve, special game time of 4 p.m., late game. We're going to have the uh, the eggnog, the stockings, and the and the uh, Christmas Eve gifts and the Christmas Eve services later on in the evening after Buccaneers football coming up. Uh, it's going to be enjoyable. This is what it's all about. Like the coach said, be loud, be there early, get your tickets, Buccaneer fans. Let's go. Let's see what happens for this matchup with the uh, with the Jaguars. Enormous stakes right now for these final two games at home. Because we don't have all the playoff scenarios, but very simply, Buccaneers win out, you're going to win the South. The Bucs have all the tiebreakers. If they win out, they need no other help, especially with the Atlanta loss. It's now guaranteed. You beat the Saints head-to-head, -head and you win the final game of the year where the Saints... The Saints could still theoretically win next week and win in the final week and have a better record than the Buccaneers. So the head-to-head -head tiebreaker doesn't matter. But if you're head-to-head -head with the same record, it's over if you beat New Orleans. So you're now in position to win these two games at home and potentially, dare I say, Buccaneer fans on nothing but Bucks, clinch the playoffs by beating the Jaguars and the Saints. That could very well happen. We got to see how it plays out this weekend. But all you all you can do is beat the team in front of you, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in front of you. And now you're set up to play the Saints with everything on the line at home, at home on New Year's Eve. And what more could you ask for than to have it right in front of you? So you're there. Get your tickets. Be there. Be in the stands early. Be loud right away. I mean, it was deafening at times at Lambeau Field. You want it to be that way at Raymond James Stadium to go beat the Jaguars and set yourselves up now to be in these playoffs as a division winner. You're firmly in the NFC wildcard picture, by the way, too. We don't want to talk about a stinking wildcard right now. Just go beat the Jaguars, and you are set up to win the South and host a playoff game. And I say to you again, puncher's chance, dangerous team. 
anybody can beat anybody right now, it seems like. With the exception of San Francisco, the clear favorite. I mean, keep in mind, that's a Green Bay team that went and beat Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. They came back home after that and beat the Kansas City Chiefs at Lambeau, where the Bucs just went and won. Anybody can beat anybody right now, it seems like. You really have got about 20 teams in the AFC and the NFC where anybody tees it up and lines it up and they can win. And that's what you want. If you're the Bucs, just go win that game with the with the Jaguars and set it up for the showdown with the Saints. The Saints were a winner Sunday with the Giants. So that game is looming large on New Year's Eve. We want Christmas Eve first, though, with the Bucs and the Jaguars with a chance to be 8-7 and seven and in great shape down the stretch run of this 2023 season. One thing's for sure, we're going to be here after it's over with, uh, talking all about uh, the Buccaneers and the Jaguars. In fact, I will make this pledge to you. We will do everything that we can to get this podcast out on Christmas Eve, where it's there on Christmas morning after you do everything with the family uh, and have Christmas time. Uh, we'll have nothing but bucks out for you. Hopefully talking uh, statement win yet again. That would be a fourth consecutive victory. Highlights, interviews, all of it coming immediately after this game on Christmas Eve. Stand by. Again, 4 p.m. start time. We're on the air at 3 on Buccaneers Radio. My thanks to Jason Berenger, John Mamola and company at iHeartRadio and our Buccaneers flagship, 98 Rock. I know Ronnie Lane, uh, Pat Donovan, Jason Berenger do a great job with the coverage pre- and post-game with iHeart. Thank you for the highlights, guys. Great work. Keep it up. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Enormous one with Jacksonville with everything riding on it for playoff hopes, division hopes. A chance to host a playoff game at home. Go get it, Buccaneers. Play like you've done in Atlanta and Green Bay. You're going to have a great shot. Can Lawrence play in the game? We don't know that. Is Trevor Lawrence going to be out of it because of a concussion? That's advantage Buccaneers if it can be. But with a loud crowd, with the offense making plays, with the defense standing up at the right time, you got a great chance to win even if Trevor Lawrence does play. He's lost three games in a row even if he does play. So let's see. Let's see what it looks like. For Bucks and cross state rival Jacksonville. Sunday, Christmas Eve. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you at Raymond James Stadium. You'll hear us on Buccaneers Radio, 98 Rock, the affiliates, the mobile app, Sirius XM, everywhere else you get the NFL. We're looking forward to all of it. I'm merely TJ Reeves. We're here to recap the Buccaneer games each and every week. You've been listening to nothing but Bucks.